0: The young man sitting across from me in my office was wearing a necklace with a psychedelic mushroom pendant, a tie dye shirt and Vans shoes. But on his left foot, he had a white shoe and on his right foot was a black shoe to signify the yin and the yang. He had asked me to sit down to discuss the teachings of Christ as he was on a spiritual journey of sorts and had found that Jesus might be a suitable guru to receive wisdom from. Now, I love conversations like this, and I feel like I'm uniquely suited to have them. But often, they really can be exhausting for me because of questions like this one that seems to find their root in the baseless claims that Jesus was ultimately a Buddhist, Hindu, or Taoist who repackaged these teachings in a first century Jewish style. That conversation ended after walking that young man through what the Bible actually instructs regarding Jesus. Yet I seem to hear questions like his routinely echoing through social media. Someone will message me to tell me of a coworker or fellow student who is boldly making these claims and asserting that they are factual and reliable. If these claims were true, and by that I mean verifiable or trustworthy, then they would of course be earth shattering for the two billion Christians who believe their faith stems from a Jewish carpenter who is actually the Messiah and the God in the flesh. To believe that Jesus sat at the feet of Buddhist monks in India, or that he was swayed by Buddhism, having made its way to Israel, is to assert that Jesus is not who we think he is, and his message is not the unique life-saving good news we have believed it to be, but instead is a repurposed Dharma or Tao. Yet, the question remains, are these claims reliable? And is it true that Jesus is not as unique as we have been told that he is. This is an excerpt from an article that I wrote that's available to you on the all things, all people blog. It's linked in the show notes and it's called, was Jesus influenced by Eastern religions? I simplified it for the sake of this podcast. Uh, was Jesus a student of the Buddha? Uh, because that's the question I get all the time. Um, you'd be surprised actually how often I get that question or a question like it. Um, I teach world religions at the university level. And I have students every once in a while say that they've heard someone say, um, that Jesus was obviously influenced by Buddhism or or Taoism or Hinduism, what have you. And, um, I had always avoided that question, not because I thought it was intimidating, but because honestly, I thought it was foolish. I thought, obviously not, you know, and really when you study Eastern religions, um, which I, I personally am really passionate about studying Eastern religions. Um, you, you really begin to see it on your own that there's no way he could have studied Eastern religions as, as we're going to talk about in today's episode. But we have to kind of answer this question because more and more, especially I think in the Western world, as young people, especially are are like this young man who was sitting in my office. Um, they're looking for a guru and they're wondering if Jesus can be it. And they're wondering if Jesus can provide for them the things that they see, Eastern gurus and Eastern teachings provide for them, or even as the New Age and, and the occult is on the rise here in the United States, uh, they wonder if Jesus can fit in that same way, like like you know, a crystal, um, or like a a preferred um, book of uh, of of charms and spells, and, and and ultimately what we see in this question is what we see in so much of the study of religion. Uh, Hey, does it work for me? Uh, Does it fit what I already believe, what I already want? And so, uh, we seek out to address this. Um, but as is the case at ATAP, you know, we don't just seek it out to repeat what we've heard other people say, let's, let's really look. So, so what does it even mean for Jesus to be influenced by the quote Eastern religions? So first a disclaimer, um, by all accounts, Jesus was actually Eastern and this is something Westerners get wrong like all the time. And it drives me crazy. Um, the divide between East and West is often used too simplistically and Abrahamic faiths that being Judaism, Christianity, and Islam have often got included in the divide as Western yet. They find their origins in a world completely foreign to that of the 21st century Westerner too. Often the Abrahamic faiths are identified as Western because, um, Western civilization was largely Christian, and that it has largely been impacted um, by Islam. Uh, and so, so often, especially Christianity and Judaism, are seen as the hallmark religions of the Western world. But the world in which these faiths came about was for all intents and purposes, Eastern. So we we need to realize that first century Israel was certainly a place where the worldview more likely actually resembled that which we would call Eastern today. Um, so we use Eastern as an adjective. Of course, we are usually referring to Hinduism, Buddhism, Chinese religions, and their various offshoots and schools of thought. And these are the schools of thought or religions that people claim Jesus has been influenced by, or even as you're going to find out, has studied actively. And some people actually make the assertion that Jesus may have gone uh, in his lost years to places like India to study. Um, and so let's, let's start with the first um, assertion that is probably the easiest to negate, which is, um, J- that Jesus might have been influenced by uh, Taoism. And if you don't know, uh, Taoism is, is a, is a Chinese religion, a Chinese philosophy really. Um, and, uh, the, the word Tao or Tao, you see it either sometimes D A O or T A O. Um, it means way. And the goal in the teachings, uh, found in the Tao is to live in harmony and balance with the natural world. And it has a spiritual life force called chi, which animates and inhabits all things to give it breath or life. And so the idea that Jesus was influenced by or a proponent of Chinese Taoism, really can be cast aside quite quickly. Not only is there absolutely no evidence of Taoism, Taoism, uh, having been conflated with the message of Jesus, the two sets of ideas run counter to one another in almost every way. And in my opinion, what has likely caused any suggestion of the two having been tied to one another is the semantics found within each, um, in the similar use of words and ideas. You see the word way, of course, uh, being substantially used in Taoism because Tao and Tao, uh, mean. Way, and so you know while this might seem similar at first glance to the Christian teaching on the Holy Spirit, right? You see that the chi animates and inhabits things or gives it breath. So we, we see a good example here that oftentimes these assertions, these assumptions are made because there's a similarity. You know, people say, "Hell, the chi animates with breath." And the Holy Spirit animates in a in a in a way that we call breath, right? Actually, the study of the Holy Spirit, pneumatology. Uh, if you think about your dad's, you know, pneumatic um, air pump, right? It's it, it, it's the prefix pneuma means air or breath, right? So yeah, there is a similarity, um, but what what we have to stop at is that while there might seem similar at first glance, uh, to the Christian teaching on the Holy spirit, in this case, we see within Taoism, no aspects of personality within the Qi, as opposed to the deeply personal and ultimately divine Holy spirit found in the new Testament. Um, this is one small example of the fact that just because there are similarities between two systems of faith, two worldviews does not mean that they came from the same source. Um, and that to suggest that, that they do, and especially as boldly and and, and as confidently as some of these people uh, have, and you'll see really some bold and confident claims here in a minute, um, is really just reckless. And we're actually going to talk about that quite a bit. Is is the recklessness that that is required to make some of these to make some of these claims? And so uh, the similarities in semantics, but there's there's no historical evidence to 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 suggest that Jesus was influenced by Chinese Taoism, or or was even really familiar uh, in his lifetime with Uh, any Chinese philosophy. The more substantial and more popular and prevalent claims are that Jesus would have been influenced by the religions of South Asia. and So most commonly claims like the ones that prompted this episode are made in regards to the religions of South Asia, having played a role in shaping the early Christian message, even going so far as to say that Christ himself, spent his adolescence under the tutelage of those in south asia who could instruct him in the ways of hinduism and buddhism and there's an article from the society for buddhist christian studies by james hansen and actually as far as i can tell this article is really where most of this argument comes from and hansen uh, made the argument that not only was jesus certainly influenced by Buddhism, but that quote, there is convincing evidence that he was also a Buddhist. So discussing the similarities between Jesus's teachings and those attributed to the Buddha, Hansen said, quote, they're so striking that even if no historical evidence existed, we can suspect that Jesus studied Buddhist teachings and that the prophecy and legend of Jesus was derived from Buddhist stories. Many of the proponents of these arguments call into question Jesus's lost years between his birth and public ministry around 30 years old. Uh, There's a, there's a text called the unknown life of Jesus Christ. Um, Russian journalist, Nicholas Natovich claimed to have visited a monastery in Kashmir, India, North India, uh, where he found texts that suggest Jesus traveled there around the age of 14 and returned to Israel in his late twenties. It's important to note though, These claims, the existence of these texts and Notovitch's entire visit have been shown to be a hoax. So despite the lack of historicity behind these claims, their legend has lived on as a popular myth that gets repeated to people like me in offices like mine by young men like the one who is sitting on my couch. And in fact, some of the best arguments for Jesus's travel outside of Israel are simply just arguments from silence. And what I mean by that is because we we can't account for what Jesus was doing in those, quote unquote, lost years, other than the instance um, uh, of him being left in Jerusalem by his parents, because there's essentially a 30 year gap that. You know, we don't know what he did. He seems to have been influenced by Buddhism. So people are coming to the conclusion that he was obviously influenced by Buddhism. Um, In his article, Hansen, once again, seems to argue that, that Jesus's lost years must have involved some instruction in outside faith because of the wisdom Jesus demonstrated later in his life. Hansen refuses to believe that a carpenter with little spiritual education could be the wise Messiah we meet in Jesus. He says, quote, being one of the greatest moral prophets to ever bless humankind, he would not have spent his formative years contented to be a carpenter in his boyhood community, which would have nullified everything about his prophecy as the Messiah, his anointed birth and his prodigious childhood. So let's pause. And let me go ahead and say this. Some of the smartest most Holy Spirit filled guys I know are tradesmen, <laughs> and so never mind the fact that what Hanson is suggesting here—if if somehow you've missed it—what he's saying is that hey, we have we have Jesus being prophesied as this Messiah, as this important figure, and then we have these lost years, and then we have him show up in his early 30s, and man, he's wise. He's doing these miracles. He has these earth shattering teachings. There's no way he was just a carpenter. How ridiculous of a notion is this? This is what American academic scholarship has resulted to. Is that we have a whole arguments being founded on arguments from silence with logic that is based on the fact that hey, how could Jesus be so wise if he was just a construction worker? I mean, this is this is really like I, I'm an academic, but man, this is why people hate hate academics, is because this guy is basing this whole idea off. Never mind the fact that Jesus, the Bible says he's the Son of God, that the Bible gives an answer for this, but this 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 uh, James Hansen refuses to even recognize that, and instead says, "Well, hey, a more likely explanation with no evidence is that he left Israel." And he left that life, and he went and studied under Buddhist monks. This is reckless. This is ridiculous, and it's foolish. It's dangerous, but people are falling under this trap, unfortunately. And this is the state of American academia, um, and and it's and it's it's, dege- it's degenerative. It's 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 devolving truth and 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 the pursuit of truth in the American university. It's unfortunate. Um, so you know, like I said, it, it it's fair. Okay, listen, if Hansen and other non-Christians are to reject the divinity and the messiahship of Christ because they don't believe it, right? That's a faith claim. That's a truth claim. That's that's fine. That's fair. But to reject the Bible's suggested answer to Hansen's claim uh, that the source of Christ's wisdom is his divinity, is the fact that he's the son of God. He's the son of man. He's the Messiah. Um, to, so to reject that, but then also while celebrating that wisdom, right? The whole reason that that, that we're even having this conversation is because they see in Jesus something amazing, something to be celebrated. They see somebody, right, that the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount were earth shattering, that, that, that he upended the social order. So on one hand, it's, hey, look at how amazing Jesus is, but what the Bible suggests about him can't possibly be true. This is called cognitive dissonance the fact that you believe two different things, uh, that do not work together at all. And the, in the two different things are Jesus is worth believing in, in some form or fashion. He's worth admiring. He's worth, he's worth following in some respect. And all the information we get about Jesus, by the way, comes from the Bible, but the Bible can't be trusted. And so what we have here is somebody who wants to have their cake and eat it too. And this is really the Genesis of a lot of these arguments is that, Hey, I see something in Jesus that I really, really like, but I don't want everything that comes with him. I don't want the sonship. I don't want the Jewish background. Um, I don't, I want the beatitudes. I want the sermon on the Mount, but I don't want the cross and I don't want the resurrection and you can't do that. You just can't. Right. And so, so, so the whole argument that, Oh, Jesus must've left and gone to India. Um, this is pure speculation and it's dangerous and it's reckless. It's foolish and it's, it's leading people astray. And it's not only leading people astray in a, in a way of faith, but it's leading people astray in an epistemological way. It's teaching people that it's okay to form and fashion truth, however you see fit and that you can make these purely speculative arguments if they make sense to you, because that's really what Hansen's done here. And so what do we do then? Uh, I teach world religions. Um, I travel all around the world to, to teach world religions. I write these things. And, and, and I'll go ahead and say, uh, it can seem like on the surface that there are similarities between um, not just not just the Buddha and Jesus, but a lot of religions in Jesus. But specifically the issue that we have to deal with quite a bit as Buddhism, uh, in some ways, rises in popularity in the West, um, is what do we do with the similarities in the sayings? Uh, between Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha, um, and Jesus. Uh, there's a book called Jesus and Buddha, the Parallel Sayings. Uh, in it, the liberal New Testament scholar Marcus Borg attempted to demonstrate the supposed similarities between the sayings of Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha, and Jesus. So I just want to list a few out for you. Um, so here's one from the Dhammapada, uh, 1311. Here's the Buddha. The avaricious do not go to heaven the fool the foolish do not extol charity the wise one however rejoicing in charity becomes thereby happy in the beyond and here is Jesus' parallel saying according to borg if you wish to be perfect go sell your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven that's matthew 19:21 here's another the, here's the buddha from dhammapada 15:4 uh, let us live most happily possessing nothing Let us feed on joy like radiant gods. And then in Luke six, verse 20, Jesus said, blessed are you who are poor for yours is the kingdom of God. Uh, And lastly, uh, from Lalita Vistara Sutra, uh, 18, uh, Buddha during the six years that the Bodhisattva practiced austerities, the demon followed behind him step-by-step seeking an opportunity to harm him, but he found no opportunity whatsoever and went away discouraged and discontent. Uh, And Borg suggests that Luke chapter four, verse 13 uh, is parallel when it says when the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. So, you know, I'll leave it up to you, go back and listen to those sayings, or or you can go read the article. I have them printed out in the article and see what you think. But in evaluating these, these seemingly parallel sayings, you know, there are quite a few conclusions that we could come to other than a supposed Buddhist influence. The first um, and possibly most important one that many proponents seem to overlook and would be almost impossible for, you know, a young person who hears these these claims to realize is that many of the most referenced parallel sayings come from text within the Mahayana tradition of Buddhism and the Mahayana tradition of Buddhism came after the life of Christ. Um, Mahayana Buddhism developed much later than the life of the Buddha even. And in most ways, it's largely departed from the original teachings of Siddhartha Gautama. So not only could these quote unquote sayings loosely attributed to Buddha, instead actually be influenced by Christ it is incoherent to claim similarities between Gautama and Jesus from within a tradition, the Mahayana tradition, that has hugely moved away from the most attested to teachings of Gautama. Basically, uh, the Mahayana tradition, if you study the teachings of the Buddha in what's called the Pali Canon, which is the most attested to and oldest uh, Buddhist scriptures, uh, what what the Mahayana Buddhists teach is hugely different than what the Buddha teached or what the Buddha taught Um, from the Pali Canon, the earliest Buddhist texts and the ones most often used within the Theravada Buddhist tradition, which is a more, uh, more traditional uh, branch uh, of Buddhism, uh, and it's remained most aligned with the teachings of Gautama, we see that many of the parallel sayings are not actually as similar as some would like to suggest they are. Uh, So when they're closely compared, they sound similar. but often they're either saying very generalized things that are found in most spiritual maxims or ultimately saying different things altogether. So, so for instance, the, the reference from Dhammapada 15.4, quote unquote, like radiant gods, is quite different from Christ's charge that the poor would one day possess, quote, the kingdom of God. So here we find possibly, you know, the largest issue with any claim of Buddhist, Hindu, or Chinese influence on Jesus, Christ ultimately suggested a worldview that runs completely counter to much of what is found in these Eastern religions. What, what, what Christ suggested is unique. And so does it sound similar at times to things that other spiritual teachers have said? Sure. And that's fine, you know, um, but Christ introduce so many new ideals, so many earth shattering ideals, um, that, that these other religions are merely just a shadow of, uh, so, so here's a couple questions then, right? If we're really talking about, let's not just cherry pick certain teachings or sayings of Jesus and say, Hey, look, he used similar words that the Buddha used and then make an entire worldview based off the fact that, Oh, Jesus must've traveled to North India. Let's really look at the entire worldview that Jesus uh, introduces in the New Testament and that his apostles spread over the known world. So why is it that Jesus, despite his alleged schooling in Buddhist and Vedic literature, Vedic is Hindu, um, why is it that he made no suggestion that remotely resembles reincarnation or samsara? Why is it that he makes no uh, suggestion of anything uh, that resembles anatman, which is a very famous Buddhist principle that really means no self or no soul, right? Jesus's teachings are actually hinged on the fact that there's an immaterial component to every human that that runs hugely contrary to the Buddhist teachings. Why is it that at the root of Christ's instructions on morality and justice, there's no nod towards karma? right? There's like one verse uh, that I have to deal with every year, every semester that I teach uh, my university course. There's, there's one verse that I have to deal with, um, in helping undergrad students understand that karma is not biblical. And of course that's, you reap what you sow and that's Paul, right? Um, so Jesus never comes out in, 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 in teaches anything that resembles karma. This is, of course, a, a hugely integral part of South Asian worldviews. Um, it's because ultimately Christ' wisdom was not found rooted in the various schools of thought that suggest those ideas. And instead, it was an entirely new way to interpret reality that was, as the church has historically taught, rooted in a Jewish worldview. It is irresponsible for those making these suggestions to ignore this huge overarching issue. It's an abuse of the study of religion. It, it, is, it is poor scholarship. It, it, and, and, and honestly, I truly believe, and this sounds so reactionary, alarmist, I truly believe it's spiritual warfare. I, if, if if somebody had told me like five or six years ago that I was going to say that academia was a breeding ground for spiritual warfare, I think I would have laughed you out of the room. But the more and more I research and the more and more I find um, liberal theologians and not even just liberals, but like just reckless people. um Finding one word, finding one phrase in a text, an obscure canon somewhere, and not only changing their entire worldview, but 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 suge- putting it online and suggesting that it's an inarguable fact. Um, that's what we have here. Is that you know, I get questions all the time. You probably do too. If, if you're, you know, kind of uh, an explorer, you know, type who's, who's sharing their faith or who's at least engaging with people who from other faiths, you know, you find that people just throw away comments like, well, you know, Jesus, you know, Jesus and the, and the Buddha, they were pretty much the same. It's like, no, they weren't not in the slightest, not, not, not at all. You know, just cause people sound the same when we quote them doesn't mean that they sounded the same at all when they actually said what they said. So rarely do I get upset or animated while in the midst of research. I'm a fairly docile guy, believe it or not. Um, but I found myself not only shaking my head while researching this question, but genuinely experiencing anger at the reckless scholarship, quote unquote scholarship that has led to this deep confusion. The sad reality is that most who hear and choose to agree with these arguments rooted in falsehoods and legends will never look into just how shallow those those roots truly lie in the face of an ancient faith that stands on its own merit. Too many are buying into the schemes of the enemy to cast a confusing light on the truth. If someone chooses to disregard the teachings of Christ, let them do it on the merit of those teachings and claims and not by casting doubt in disingenuous ways. The world we live in is one that is filled with a deep spiritual confusion, not simply disagreement. It's not just that we're disagreeing with each other. It's not that, well, you believe what you believe and you can really back it up. And I believe what I believe and I can really back it up. And your truth is different than my truth. It's not just disagreement. It's spiritual confusion. We, we live in a world where, where there are scales on the eyes of some, and it's holding them back from actually seeing the truth. And it's arguments like this that are hurtling us towards not being able to make sense of the spiritual climate we live in, where in the name of pluralism and tolerance, we simply decide that all religions must come from the same place and therefore have the same merit. The overwhelming problem is that when we make room for all truth to be combined into one truth, we end up with no truth at all. In this case, we've ended up with a Christ that is neither himself nor the Buddha for these two men agreed on very little. And unfortunately we are finding ourselves in a world that does not know that. So no, Jesus was not a student of the Buddha. He was not a student of Buddhism. He never traveled to India. We have no re- we have no real reason to believe that Jesus was the son of God. He was the son of man. He was the Messiah. He came God in the flesh, And John one says that he took on flesh and he dwelt among us. The world knew him, the world rejected him and the dark saw the light and the dark rejected the light. And he lived a perfect life. He lived a sinless life because he was God. And while he was here, he did amazing things. He did miracles. Um, He walked on water. He healed people. He provided for people. He said things that just like blew people out of the water, right? If you go read Matthew five, six, and seven, it's going to blow you out of the water if you let it, because it's things like, you know, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Like that's, 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 that's earth shattering, (laughs) you know, like, um, and then to cap it all off, right. To prove that he's not just a guru, he died, he died on the cross and the gospel of luke says that in the middle of the day um he cried out his last cry and in that moment the sun's light failed and later paul would teach us that christ didn't just take on a curse he became the curse um and he became sin he who knew no sin became sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of god and christ was killed he was dead and he was buried I believe uh, that while he was buried, he went to Sheol, the grave, and he proclaimed victory to the disobedient spirits uh, who had up to that point sought to plague humanity uh, and bring them with them to an an eternity of suffering. And then on the third day, he rose from the dead because he couldn't stay dead, right? Uh, He's the king of life. And uh, he, he came back and he announced victory to humanity like he had announced victory to the disobedient spirits. And after he had walked his, his disciples, his first generation of followers, through what all of this meant and the implications that it had on them in the world, uh, before the coming of the Holy Spirit in the form of Pentecost, he ascended. And he is now in the throne room of God in the heavenlies and he's advocating for those who follow him as Lord, not just those who walk an aisle, not just those who say they're Christian, but those who actually follow him as Lord. I've studied every religion on planet earth. I don't say that like boldly. I don't, I'm not an expert in every single religion on planet earth. Um, but I, I, this is what I do. This is what I lay up at night thinking about. Jesus. Isn't the Buddha like Buddhism's interesting. Hinduism is interesting. Jesus isn't Gautama. He's not the Buddha. He's not Krishna. He's better. Like he's, he's more amazing than anything else in the world of religion. And I know as a Christian, as a pastor, as a Christian professor, right? Some of you might hear that and say, yeah, of course you think that I didn't always think that I was convinced of that. And Millions and millions and millions and billions of people throughout time have been convinced of that. And for 2000 years, much of humanity has been convinced of that because it's, it's easy to believe. So no, Jesus isn't the Buddha. The Buddha certainly isn't Jesus. And so no, Jesus wasn't a student of Indian gurus. (laughs) He, in my opinion, he likely never visited any monastery in North India. He didn't need to. Um, And you don't need a guru. You need a Lord. So I want to tell you though, the end of that story through no counsel of my own, that young man sitting on my couch a few years ago, showed up at my church and uh, he'd been led to Christ. And I don't think I played a really big role in that. um, But he had been completely changed and he had matching shoes. (laughs) So uh, not that, not that that part really matters that much, but obviously it demonstrates so much of what's going on inside of him. But so I invite you to reflect on this, send it to a friend who's questioning. And if you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram at allthings.allpeople, or you can email me, jeremy at allthingsallpeople.org. Um, and we're going to keep going exploring the darkest places and worldviews and equipping Christians to engage them with the gospel. And while, yes, I travel places and I go to temples and I go to see other religions with my own eyes, sometimes uh, exploring the darkest places and worldviews is actually just doing the research that no other Christian is willing to do. And so we explored today. I hope that you've you've come into some some new uh, territories of truth uh, and that your eyes have been opened to just exactly who Jesus is. And so until next time. Thank you for joining in on Basecamp, uh, a podcast ministry of all things, all people. I'm Jeremy Jenkins. Thanks.